Hello, my little mistakers, and welcome to the Humor in Mistakes podcast, a podcast that I host with my best friend, Andrew Gleason, where we talk about mistakes and achieving your goals by not worrying about those mistakes. I'm not playing the normal intro music, for today is not a day of joy. It's not a day... I really just don't feel like it. Um, George Floyd was killed by a cop putting his knee on his neck for over eight minutes. And I've been protesting and I've been posting and I've been getting in Facebook arguments because black lives matter. But sometimes it seems like they don't to the rest of the country. And it doesn't feel good. I shouldn't have to explain to anyone on this planet why it is not cool for you to put your knee on another human being's neck for over eight minutes and end up killing him while he begs for his mother. I shouldn't have to tell you that I don't give a fuck about looting and material possessions when cops are murdering black men. I don't care. And as a matter of fact, I almost think it could be effective because the only thing that this country seems to care about is money. And if we live in a capitalistic society, then one way to get people's attention is to destroy things of value because that's the only thing that seems to matter. Frustrating to see people get mad about looting and vandalism and rioting but never even spoke on the death of George Floyd. It's just frustrating. It's frustrating to be at a peaceful protest and the officer starts shooting tear gas into the crowd. That is frustrating. I was angered to a level I did not know existed when I was leaving the protest from downtown Raleigh and I got to the bars and restaurants and there were people eating and drinking like and I don't want to look group everyone together. But they were all white and they had fought for a month to be able to get out of the house and reopen too early because the only thing they give a shit about is being able to eat at restaurants because they don't want to be stay cooped in the house. That's it. They were just sitting there eating while people were protesting like it didn't exist. And that's how I feel. I feel like there are a group of people who just want to pretend that the problems in America do not exist because it doesn't affect them. This dude was eating what I think are chips and queso. And I love queso, but you don't eat queso at a time like this. So if you read in the news about random black man, random African-American is going around the restaurants in a mask, just flipping over people's chips and queso, it's me. I'm pissed. Don't be fucking eating chips and queso during a fucking protest. I'm mad. I'm making myself angry. I'm making myself angry. He was eating goddamn chips and queso. I hope he's lactose intolerant. <sighs> All right. I've been rambling for too long. Let's introduce our guests. Our guests for this week are fellow millennials and podcasters, Gigi and Jenny. They're hosts of the Sorry Not Sorry podcast, a podcast about pop culture, politics, and everything in between. 
And I'm so joyful and so gracious that these ladies stopped by the show. They're very intelligent, and they were easily able to walk the line of being able to talk about their mistakes and life lessons in a serious manner while still being funny. The podcast was a joy to record. I'm so glad they stopped by. Uh, And to tell you a little bit about them, Gigi is a 27-year-old creative butterfly from Brooklyn. She is the founder of Culture Connection Media Incorporated and the creator of Sorry Not Sorry podcast. She is also a seasoned member of the Bayhive and a tequila lover. Her mistake is getting into a fight with her roommate. And Jenny is a 36-year-old communication professional, published author, and founder of the Chick Talk Radio Network. She's a proud margarita advocate and a public speaker passionate about driving cultural change through inclusion, gratitude, and humor. Jenny's mistake was having one of her bridesmaids tell Jenny that she was in love with her at her wedding after the vows were said. So take a listen. Guys, you can learn a lot from these two ladies. Thank you, ladies, for being on the show. Enjoy. Uh, What's up, my little mistakers? Welcome to the Humor in Mistakes podcast. I'm here with Gigi and Jenny. How y'all doing? Good. Hello, podcasters. Uh, uh, Host of the Sorry Not Sorry podcast. How are y'all doing? We're good. Advocates of margaritas. I definitely am. No margarita left behind. I don't have a margarita right now, though I'm doing vodka and cranberry, but I'm still an advocate. Does that count? You have to ask uh, uh, Jenny. I know, because she's looking at me upset. (laughs) Am I kicked out? I mean, you know, I don't want to say I have a bias, but I have a bias against vodka, so it hurts I when I get you drinking it. I just it didn't deliver in time. I'm sorry. We'll talk and about offline. <laughs> this podcast wouldn't be the same without my co-host, Andrew Drew Gleasy Gleason. Hello. Gleasy Gleason. <laughs> I like That's that. That's me. What's up with the green screen? I feel like, are you going to have like an epic background pop up at any point during this podcast? No, that's a back. That's a CGI green screen over a regular green screen. Oh, <laughs> meta stuff. You know, I'm a thinker. I'm like always one step ahead. Always, always. I'm so yeah. jealous. Stay woke. Stay woke, Andy. So uh, we invited you on because uh, y'all are fellow podcasters, and I looked and I was like, these two ladies have made mistakes. No doubt. No doubt about. <laughs> <laughs> There's no wow. doubt in my mind. Uh, was I wrong in my assessment, or was I uh, correct? I mean, you first, wrong how, how did you know? From pictures, or just from listening to an episode? Oh, I hadn't listened to an episode yet. It was purely on Instagram. No, I'm, I'm messing with y'all. No, uh, y'all, y'all were very wise. Y'all were very wise. Y'all were very accomplished, which means mistakes have come along the way. Like that. There's no doubt about that. So I decided to hit y'all up and see if we can make this happen. So I appreciate y'all being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, man, we're going to flip it on you. And I want to know where you came up with this idea of Mm -hmm. a podcast focusing on mistakes. Oh, y'all flipping it on me. I'm curious. (laughs) I don't know how this came about. 
Uh, your, your boy, <laughs> Andrew's over there smiling. Uh, your boy <laughs> was out here wilding out in his early 20s and uh, got his heart broken and realized that he was out here making a lot of mistakes. Uh, Wait, you were so Andrew? Oh, me. Definitely <laughs> me. Uh, Definitely me. His, his face expression was matching your story. I'm like, okay, he's telling his life. Okay. It, meaning they're both like fuckboys, right? So. <laughs> Whoa, 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 no, absolutely not. I wasn't even going to throw that term out there, but yes. In Ooh, my, uh... Leave me in post, please, because I am <laughs> Okay, fair <laughs> enough. If we're just going to throw off the gloves, uh, yeah, I, I, I was a fuck boy, and uh, I was having a good time out here, and I realized that I was making a lot of mistakes, not only in my like private life, but also uh, career-wise as well. So I figured uh, while I'm going through it, and I'm not, it's not over with. Maybe I can help people uh, with the mistakes that they're making. True. Sure. Mm. I feel like it's easier when you're currently going through it than when you're a post and you're like, oh, I'm fucking Oprah now. I've made mistakes in the past. Like, that doesn't help you. It doesn't. I'm just going to document along the way. I, I love this thing where it's like, I don't, I'd rather not fail twice. If I fail, that's enough for both of us. Mm-hmm. Right? So oh, if, I've been through, if I've been down this road and I see Gian about to trip up or something, I'm going to let her know. Or is me. <laughs> yeah. Or whoever. Whoever. Because, like, you know, there's no need for all of us to fail. <laughs> That's true. I'm also hard-headed, too. So I'm just like, I won't make that mistake. What? And then I'm, like, send a text like, hey, so remember that thing you told me not to do? <laughs> I, like, did it. You were right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's me. That's that. that I, I, Gigi, we can relate on that. That's me. I, I gotta. I, sometimes I gotta just touch the stove to see if it's actually hot. How do right. I know it's really hot? I don't you know. You gotta touch it once, though, right? Twice. Like you might Twice. have a problem. <laughs> Twice. Or you might have a problem. He, McNeil might have had a time where he'd walk into a, like a Walmart or a Best Buy and just like touch all the stoves in the aisle. Just like, I like this one. Right here. I like this one. You know what? <laughs> So I'm trying to prevent. I'm trying to prevent future McNeils, basically, because so I had to touch a lot of stoves in my twenties. What'd you say? Habitual, you're a habitual, a habitual mistaker. Not anymore. Not anymore. But I used to be. He's know? like a pastor of mistakes. Like he's trying to take us to church. Exactly. Exactly. I could do a sermon right now. <laughs> uh, Preach. But why is why is uh. Mr. Gleason acting so quiet right now? Like he doesn't make any mistakes. Like he's on. No, I want his tea. Look at that. Uh, I don't remember my mistakes. <laughs> I, uh, I'm not allowed to have margaritas anymore. Uh, that sounds like us too. <laughs> it's it's in the contract actually. Andrew cannot have any margaritas. Oh my god. <laughs> story time, story time. Andrew, we hanging. What do you want to hear? Like I've I've done it all, you know. I mic started, drop. Started. Tell them about the mic drop. See, we were at an open mic, and I so my drink of choice is just whiskey, just straight whiskey, ice. That's all it is. Most of the time, it's shots. So I I uh, used to be the type that would go through eight, nine, ten shots of whiskey in a night, and still be respectful, still be fine. I'm not fighting. I'm not uh, yelling. I'm not. I'm not an outward person in general. But uh, I was on stage, and I was attempting to do a set. I was blacked out, and I thought a good idea was to just say a punchline, what I thought was a punchline, wasn't actually a punchline, and drop 
the venue's very expensive microphone like I was uh, Obama or <laughs> and uh, then just walk out of the venue just just be just slowly walk out like I was the man right? <laughs> so imagine it from my side the whole venue's quiet no one has laughed the entire night and he's thinking he's killing and he just drops the mic <laughs> and I'm like what break? is my boy up there doing? So uh, we had to have a conversation. And Andrew, it's, it's been a long time now. Andrew's good. But those are some of the mistakes. Uh, well, that, uh, a career in stand-up comedy is a mistake for most people. But oh, that's fair. It that's is. Fair. It's, it's, it's very hard. I tried it. I was really not good at it. We I talked about you before. Yeah, we did before you came on. I don't understand how you're not good at it, though. It's a whole different craft. Like, to be funny in person, right? To be funny on stage, and then to be funny at stand-up? That's, that's what I was telling him. I'm like, he asked me, like, is it the public speaking or just the jokes? I'm like, for me, it's the jokes because what I would think is funny might not be funny to everyone. So I'm thinking I'm killing the game. Like, him, hey, mic drop, and everyone's just like, where's the punchline, sis? It's, and, and, it's, a, it's a real formula and it's a real mathematical formula for stand-up comedy like it's okay. a whole craft many people don't get that until you know you could be that funny person at a party but then mm -hmm. to be to command a room when you want a soul mic is a different type of funny you have to have like a build-up a punchline i didn't get that part so i failed a lot at stand-up comedy but it did open up other doors for me and i do love comedy and I love making people laugh, so I use mm -hmm. that in other venues, like the podcast or when I'm public speaking. But to be a stand-up well, at the bar, I'm picking up people. <laughs> Do you tell oh, a me, joke not first? you, me, me. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. okay. How do how do y'all pick up men? Like I know y'all are some of y'all are out of the game now, but uh, how did you used to? What were your pickup lines? Now in quarantine or like just in general outside? In general. Oh, you be picking up dudes in the bars at quarantine, Gia? I, I pick up dudes on people's lives. I pick up dudes on DMs. <laughs> I like it. You, you I, just shoot people, shot. I just need some attention at this point. I'm tired of being in the house. But at bars, it really depends. Like when I'm like really drunk, I'm so bold. Like usually, I'm like hard. It's hard to believe, but I'm really shy. So if I like a guy, I won't approach him. I would do everything to get his attention, though. I walk past him, I'll stand next to him by the bar and I'll comment on something he just was talking to someone about just to get his attention. But to actually go up to say something, I have to be like super intoxicated for me to say, hey, I want your number. Or, hey, I just want to fuck. Like, <laughs> I legit have to be intoxicated for that to happen. So if you see me taking back shots, it's about to happen. <laughs> Wait, so we have two men here so we can ask them the question about the look, right? Oh, yes. Talk so we had um. Back in February, we had a relationship coach on, and he said that a woman should never approach a man. All she has to do is give them a look, and they know what time it is, and they'll know that she's open to, to um, you know, approaching them. We're right up. I do not have any flirting skills, and I don't know what the hell this look is. So, show them the look. <laughs> Why is it, and I'm drunk. It's probably just like that. That's your look. And I'm just like leaning. <laughs> it's like was, she's about to invite me. I know, right? Like, your I feel like everybody oh, has their thing. Eye. I feel like everybody has their thing. When I start licking my lips, let me see. Right. What's your look? Let me see it. I just I have to be in the moment. When I start licking my lips and shit, it's it's a wrap. 
What okay, about LL Cool J. What if it looks hey. like you try to get a crumb off your lip? <laughs> <laughs> Andrew has this eyeball thing going on. I think that's what his, his thing is. <laughs> <laughs> that's the look. That's the look. It's it's like I look like a confused puppy. That's what draws me. <laughs> but it's like <laughs> it's like oh, but he's cute. Why not? May I have that some more porridge, please? <laughs> yeah. Please, ma'am. <laughs> See what com what a lot of male comedians don't get is that if you're funny, it it does ninety percent of the work for you. If you can just make a girl laugh, it's oh yeah, sim I love it's simple. Men. It's simple. So like yeah, I sleep on the streets, but you're funny. It doesn't even matter at this point. All right, I I actually am getting curious now. I want to know about the coldest burn you've ever had. Like you're at the club, you're at the bar, you're vibing with somebody, you build up enough courage to be like hi. I'm so and so, and they're just kind of like, no thanks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got a boyfriend, <laughs> uh, a friend or whatever. Uh, I've walked up and it been like she turned around, no, and just like. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Gian do that at the club. Actually, I've seen her just literally. That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> Yo, I've literally seen her turn around with the illest screw face, like. Hell no! And then, like, keep it moving. Like, you ever see that episode of Martin Lawrence where the guy just turns around looking so offended? Yeah. Your face all day. Because some the guys that approach me sometimes is just like, look at you. I'm, I, I don't, I'm not saying it's like I'm the best thing walking in the streets, but honestly, it's like Flavor Flav and me, it would never happen. Sir, please, this is not going to work. So all right, what, what about you, Andrew? Oh, I had a woman tell me, do you guys. Have you guys seen uh, Harry Potter movies? Couple. Couple. They told me I look like a Neville Longbottom. He's a character in them. It's just oh. a very long face. I've also, uh, yeah, you know, I was, I was, I was in the DMs. She was just like, "You, uh, you look like Neville Longbottom." I looked up the actor and I was like, "I'll take it." <laughs> you have to do that. You <laughs> to say you're not much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so one of the things I wanted to to get y'all's insight on is um, both of you are very accomplished. They had to take mistakes along the way. Um, so, for example, uh, Jen, uh, one of the things you were saying, there were times when you were very negative. You had a lot of self-judgment. How, how do you get to that point where you're, like, able to get past that? It's still something I struggle with. So... I don't want to say I'm like, I'm full of like Lizzo self-love because that's like the level that I'm aspiring to. Twerking, but, twerking at a Lakers game? Yeah, like I want to get to that mm -hmm. level. Yeah. <laughs> I love myself regardless, but okay. I feel like a part of who I am is um, it's being very critical, but not a bad critical. It's, um, it's I, I, I term critical like I always review the actions that I do, the things that I say, the projects that I work on. And I look for areas of self-growth and reflection. And you have to be critical to do that. You have to be open-minded. You have to be um, accessible to feedback. Most people aren't. They don't want to hear anything bad about themselves, um, even if they know it's true. So I, I don't say, I wouldn't say I'm quite there yet, but it used to be much worse. Like, like I probably wanted to fight me at some point. Like, I don't know what it was. Like, I just did not like me. And a, a big sign of that is... You ever hear your voice on a, on a voicemail or you see yourself in video and you're like, Oh, you know, definitely. 
it's yeah. triggering, right? But it's like people who don't really love themselves hate that. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't even listen back to the podcast that I did. And I did a really cool podcast for like five years and I wouldn't listen to one episode because I wouldn't, I would hate everything I said or the way I sounded. And it was just getting to be overbearing. And I knew that I need to make, I knew that I needed to make a change if I wanted to live the life that I wanted to live. It's something I struggle with checking myself on daily and being a little bit more forgiving. And I think that that's okay. I'm trying, I'm practicing forgiveness and it starts with me. Um, I think that's the first step to, to getting out of a negative mindset. And it's also generational. Like it comes from, I think it comes downward, you know, and I'm trying to break these, these cycles and these generational curses for my kids. So I have to set a better example for them. And yes. so it starts with me wanting to change because a lot of people don't know that they themselves can change. Mm-hmm. And I was just, I was over it. I was, you know, I, I still consider myself successful, but it was really like, I was doing thing after thing and I still wasn't satisfied. I still wasn't like, um, feeling accomplished. Teaching, on the and I was just like, I was always looking for what's next and I'm still always looking for what's next. Cause that's just who I am. But now I, I know to be okay, to be full, to be satisfied. But, um, yeah, you have to start with addressing what's going on with you first in order to live a happy life. I think. One of the things you just said hurt my heart a little bit. What? Uh, Which one? Yeah. One of the things you said is like realizing like you have to change for like your generation, your future generations, show them a good example. And often that messes with me. Cause I'm like, there are things that I know I got to fix for my, for my future McNeil jr and Maximus McNeil Jr. Maximus. Uh, <laughs> Didn't you already named them sperms? All right. <laughs> yeah. Please don't laugh at Please don't laugh at Maximus McNeil Jr. It's uh, fine. Max is a strong name. You got it, bro. Hey, there we go. Maximus Mandela McNeil Jr. Mandela. <laughs> God, damn. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey. Hey, you got to. That's like, that's not, that's that baby's going to be born like this. Definitely. It's coming out the vagina like that. Like, I'm here. Oh, I'm definitely doing the Lion King lift up as it comes out. <laughs> Playing the music in the background. I'm here for this. That baby's going to come out to the doctor. Did you just smack me that hard? Do you smack all babies that hard or just oh, babies of color that oh, hard? He's flipping out. <laughs> I, I know I'm going to be one of those parents. I accept it. My kid's better than yours. I, I know oh, it. Yeah. Oh, That's definitely. I'm not gonna even try to hide it. I'm going into I'm going into like the preschool. What is the curriculum? What are you doing? I'm that parents like, oh my kid, my kid is talking. My kid talked the day he was born. Exactly. We ain't having no weakness over here, baby. Yeah. Just... You gotta catch up, sweetie. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I, I just wanna be around to see how you guys parent because all the shit you're talking right now. We'll go be calling you like, how you fucking do it? Yeah, we'll go out the window once the motherfuckers are born. <laughs> you get it to stop crying. So you got to be strategic, right? I got four <laughs> sisters. So one of them's had a kid. I'm living with the kid now. I'm taking notes. I'm taking notes on what to do. I'm, uh, I babysit. I'm like saying, what did they do right? What did they do wrong? <laughs> I got friends who have kids. I'm sitting here just taking notes. I, I got like another five years of notes. Take them and burn them when they're born. Cause nothing, every, every kid, this is what I thought too. Cause I have two sons and I'm like, Oh, I have two sons. I got through hell with the first one. The second one's going to be easy. 
Yeah. Two different humans. Really? Yeah. The only thing in common is that they have penises. That is it. <laughs> <laughs> that is where the, the, the commonalities end. And they are obsessed with me. So that's it. Those two things. So take your notes. <laughs> but you're instilling in both of them. In both of them, right? You want to instill that, that belief that you have in yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So th- that's that's one of the struggles. Gigi, ha- have you had that same, you know, come to, I mean, I see you're about my age, right? We're, we're about 27. You're, you're 27, right? Baby. Uh, so <laughs> oh, <bro. laughs> coming up through our 20s, we got to, uh, you know, deal with that and come to terms with that. Are you going through that or have you been through that? Um, still, honestly, everything Jenny is talking about, which is, which is why I love her as not just my co-host, but my friend and my mentor. Like, I'm still struggling with, a, a, like, loving me because I, for a long time, you know, I hated who I was. I hated that I'm aggressive. I hated that I'm loud. And I hated that I was so opinionated. And, you know, this is just the way I was raised. You know, I have a Guyanese father and my mom's from Brooklyn. And they just raised me to just be, you know, just to go after what I want. You know, don't take shit from people. So I always, not from Brooklyn. I just grew up with this tough exterior. But deep down, I have a heart. You know, I'm, just, I'm not out here just beating people up. You have to really get me to a point where I want to put your hands on, on you. And I think that's why one of my mistakes was when I put my hands on my roommate and lost my apartment. You know, that was one of the things where I realized, like, you know, Gian, you have an issue with your anger. Like, no matter how right I can be, no matter how I'm defending myself, it should never get to a point where I have to put my hands on someone. I should be able to, even if someone touches me, I need to not let my emotions get the best of me because my it's, it's like the best of both worlds. I'm super passionate about, you know, the culture, about fighting for, you know, civil rights, but then at the same time, also passionate about negative shit as well like you piss me off I'm gonna that passion comes out as well and I'm still trying to figure out you know how to put that energy in other ways you know I meditate you know I'm a Buddhist uh, I've been a Buddhist but I'm trying to get more and in, back into my practice and just really trying to learn you know healthy methods of dealing with you know people who just piss me off people who want to come at me and just not resulting to stooping out to their level and another thing that makes it harder is because people who knew me growing up can't accept the person I'm trying to be like, short story, I went out with a friend who's, like, in her 30s as well, and I went out with a friend who knew me growing up, and some girls at the bar were starting with us, and I literally went outside and started crying because I was, it was a pull, because it's like, yeah, I can go in there and start beating everybody up who's messing with my friend, but then my other friend who was there, the older one was like, Gian, you are so much better than this, you have a podcast, you have a brand, you don't have to do anything, and I just literally started crying because I was so stuck, it was that pull. But the fact that I was crying when I got home, I realized it's because I know that I don't have to result to who I used to be. And I think that was the beauty of that moment that I didn't react so easily. I was able to step outside and even though I cried, I felt like a punk for crying, but I was able to just, you know, I never used to be able to observe a situation. I would just react. And I was able to actually step back before I reacted and didn't react. So I think that was the beauty of that situation. But it's still a struggle. Like I think for me right now, it's just, picking my battles. I'm always on, on Facebook and Instagram arguing with people about stuff. <laughs> and sometimes it's hard for me to walk away, but some people are just so damn ignorant. And then I'll get people who want to fat shame me. Like I had one girl tell me today over Amanda Stills, like, oh, go to the gym. I said, girl, that's the best you got. Girl, I don't care about my weight. Girl, I've been there, done that. Try something else. Botox Barbie. Like, bye. See, I need your advice because I got into it with the dude in a wheelchair this week on Facebook. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. What? A wheelchair? Yes. 
You yes. get these uh, hands too. You get these hands too, Mister. Uh, so, so uh, I didn't know he was in a wheelchair at first, but this this black dude had the audacity. Just like, oh, he's a black dude. He had the audacity to say something like, uh, "What about black on black violence?" Because uh, it was he was posting about the uh, uh, the shooting, and he's like, "What about black on black violence?" So I lit into his ass, right? And I was good because I, I hate when they yeah. bring that up. Yeah, I was like, first of all, you know, uh, uh, it's a myth. It's, it's, it's a myth. Right. Number one, number two, there's white on white violence. Uh, Hispanic on Hispanic violence. Yeah, it's like number one, that's number two, one. Number two, uh, he was gunned down. Basically, I just posted his long post explaining to him why he was wrong. Um, and then I, I lit into him. I was like, I honestly want to tell you to get the fuck off the black squad. For, uh, for for comments that's like that. Hope. You are fired, sir. Yeah, but fired. I was like, I know that's what they want. They want us to, div to divide us. So so I'll just say fuck you instead. And then I looked at his uh, profile. I was like, shit, he's in a wheelchair. You just cursed out a dude that was in a wheelchair. Oh, I hate people that expect you to explain systematic racism in five minutes of their day when they know that no matter what you say, they're not going to believe it. And yeah. the point is that we're not in this game to be like, we're more oppressed than you. You're more oppressed than us. It's the just no weird. Nobody should be oppressed. Nobody Period. should have to go through this. Nobody should have to fear for their lives when they're jogging. Nobody should have to live this like life. And if you don't get it, the conversation is over. I hate mm -hmm. when they're like, well, uh, you know, I, uh, my dad's an immigrant and, you know, I just moved here and, you know, he would have been, that's like, well, then you're not understanding the, the plight, you know, if you don't get it, if you have to ask those silly questions, you don't get it. I'm not going to change your mind. I would love to change your mind, but you can't explain it to people that don't want to learn it, you know? Yeah. yeah. I was like, your punk ass ain't got to worry about getting shot while jogging anyway. <laughs> Ooh, <I hear> the <laughs> that would see, that was a mic drop moment. I would have said it. <laughs> I would have said it. Satan's in the background, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Let's go. But how, but how do you do that? Uh, how do you control yourself when this world <laughs> is full of triggers of people trying to get you out of character? Um, I mean, it's still a struggle, but I've just learned to really just pick my battles. Some stuff is like, some stuff is like, I really need to get my point across. But one thing I'm starting to realize is that. I think we've all, not all of us, some of us uh, are able to change our opinion when we have new information. A lot of people just want to be strong and wrong. And even when you have inf they have information in front of them, <laughs> they don't want to accept it. And enough to say, you know what, like, I've, it's been times I've gone to arguments with people and they hit me with some facts and I'm looking up the facts like, oh, shit. And I will go back to that person like, oh, you're right. You know what? I need to do more research on this. And one thing I love, I, I, I dig myself up on when it comes to this podcast is that I don't speak on things or try not to speak on things or have an opinion on things I'm not educated on. And if I say something that's wrong and I found out it's wrong later, I have no problem coming back and saying, you know what, I was ill-informed. You know, I take back what I said, but this is how I feel now, now being presented with new information. But a lot of people in our generation, I don't know about you guys because you're the older ones, they don't do that and they don't want to do that. They're, they're okay with being wrong. That to me, it's not about the mistake, right? Because as a human being, that is absolutely one of the only things that connects us all across the globe is that we've made mistakes. Mm -hmm. It's about learning from your mistakes. So as in, in you know, in Gian's situation, she got upset with her roommate. They ended up getting physical with each other. 
And that is her learning curve for her never to do that again. And the problem is there's people that don't learn from that. So they constantly do it over and over again. And because they can't admit that they're making a mistake, they, they're afraid to fail. They're afraid to admit that they failed. But if you look at failure as a learning device, then there's only one way to go from that failure and that's up. Mm-hmm. Right. So you'll never have that roommate situation again in life because you're a learner. I'm living by myself. You won't have a roommate again. It's called a husband, but like, oh, Lord. Don't you put hands on him either. So it's like you have to learn from the failures. I understand, Gigi. Be meaningful. Okay, wait a minute now. Look at that look. He gave you the look. I just saw it. I saw it. it. Let me see. Do it again. Let me see. I was more saying. saying I I love Andrew's expressions, though. Andrew was just like, what is happening right now? He saw it too. (laughs) I saw nothing. I saw nothing. (laughs) I'm in New York occasionally. I was more talking about the husband aspect. You were like, roommate, that sounds horrible. Um, I used to live with my boyfriend, so it was like, yeah, I won't do that again. <laughs> hey, yeah, Rona broke up. <laughs> the Rona broke me up, uh, broke up a relationship I was living with. I, I don't wait, know you how had people. Rona live. break up? <laughs> I had a Rona break up. One day, <laughs> wow. a book, books are going to be written about uh how many relationships ended because of the rona they usually i'm talking about like in society you know like uh divorces people are going to get divorced after after this ends oh, yeah. society is built on someone being out of the house for 40 hours a week you that, that like that that's what makes a relationship strong is they're gone most of the day we can hardly sit at the house by ourselves. Sure. Like, oh, yeah. What makes you think that I can sit at the house with another grown adult that like has a different, you know, different routine? You know what I'm saying? So yeah, you know what's crazy? Jada Pinkett de- definitely said in an interview that she's now realizing who Will is, and they've been married for years. So I'm yeah, like, how? Jada Pinkett. Oh, yeah. This is why I'm a big advocate for long distance relationships. Oh, me too. <laughs> New to me? I'm talking to everybody in the world. Like, we need space. <laughs> How the African boo in my DMs, me and him just like talk about what's going on in our countries and stuff. <laughs> Listen, you about to be a 90 day fiance? Because, you know, <laughs> he, he, I think he wants his papers though. But I'm like, Listen, if the price is right, come on, come home. Let's document this for our pleasure. <laughs> Same. The money's right. I'll be there. Listen, listen, I'll be right at the altar. I actually so raised your hand if you almost married somebody for some coins. You did? No, I didn't go through with it, but I got a, um, you know, in hindsight, it wasn't very competitive. He he was going to pay 6000 right? That's not enough. Nothing, nothing. And then um, my phone bill, um, my phone and light bill for like two years so that he could say he lives in the house or whatever because... Hold on, is this going to the government? Because <laughs> I didn't do it. I didn't you get a call. You did a podcast interview, and we just have some questions. That's okay. Oh, no, I you know I got approached by the guy at the bodega, right? The bodega boy, um, I, I, in my early twenties. Um, you know, to consider one of those pay arrangement marriage things, and I'm so glad that I said no. But I, I was so poor. 
that I was really considering it. So it hurt to turn that shit down. It really did. I had to have faith in me. I had to have faith in me. <laughs> they got the wrong one. That. <laughs> yeah, no, I was super poor. Like, that's why, like, like I love connecting with younger uh, people in their 20s, and I see them, like, trying to build their identity and who they're going to be, and they struggle, and they're worried about their jobs. And I'm like, oh, this is so cute, because I did that, too. Like, I did that up until 29 years, you know, like, you will be there. You will be great. You will have abundance. You will have all of these things that you're searching for. We all have to pay our dues. So, you know, have patience. All the time, by the way. <laughs> have patience. You'll have everything you've ever wanted. If you are driven enough, you will have it. But when I was 27, I was poor enough to want to marry the bodega guy because I couldn't. I wanted that coins. <laughs> yeah, your life changed, but not like overnight, but you got like a six-figure corporate job. Like one day you went from like, Overnight, Brooklyn it to what's that? It did. It actually happened overnight. The Bronx. Okay, Bronx. My bad. So, um, yeah, so I, Bronx. No, I'm joking. I was in the Bronx. My neighbors used to have chicken fights in the hallway, but I'm not <laughs> even lying about this. They stole my grandmama's wheelchair one time when she came over to my house for Thanksgiving. What? Um, what? I'm in the Bronx. Brooklyn won't do that. Brooklyn, but <laughs> I had my cell phone stolen walking down the street, and then I chased the guy. And I'm like, "What am I gonna do if I catch him? I'm <laughs> like, what's what's gonna happen here? It's not gonna work out for me." Like, I've had some stories in the Bronx. I've had somebody break into my house and steal fried chicken. Who steals a wheelchair? The neighbor. <laughs> the neighbor stole the wheelchair, hey, and I knocked on her door, and I was like, "Hey, did you take my grandmother's wheelchair?" And she was like, "No, English." And I'm like, "All right." Oh. And then five minutes later, I knocked the door again, and I kicked the door in, and the wheelchair was right there. So I was like, give me my grandma's wheelchair. So um, the Bronx was like my, um, my forging pot, where it's like I just got real hard, and like it prepared me for the rest of my life, and I'm very grateful for the Bronx for that. But um, it happened overnight. I, was, I made a stand in my career. I was, I was in my early 20s. I was... Um, like an executive assistant and I got bullied out of a job. Um, if you want, this could be my mistake. If you want to want to highlight it, I was at a job. I was working for a really big ad agency. I was so excited. I was considered a PR coordinator, but technically I was like an assistant for like the head of communications. And I was the youngest and brownest assistant in the company. And they were just like all the older career executive assistants were just coming for me all the time it was just constant drama and one day um i got picked to do like they asked me to organize the christmas party so i'm like great but this is like i'm thinking oh this is cool but everyone else is thinking that's the party i organized last year so it was like extra caddy um i hate that it, it, it was like it was very political and i just didn't have a, i don't have a mind for politics like i say what i mean i mean what i say and that's it so um so i organized the party it was a success people were like super hateful and um this one assistant was asking me for something but i didn't realize he was like being shady and then one email he was like what's your problem and i was like I don't have a problem, but we gonna have a problem. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we gonna have a problem if you keep talking to me like this, an email. And he did the very, you know, corporate thing and told HR on me. And so I ended up leaving that job. And so after that, I said, I will never be a paid slave again. Like I will never be 
in a situation where my job is to like constantly support and uplift someone else like I just couldn't do it like it was not good for my mental health so instead of working and <clears throat> easily getting another job as an executive assistant I put all my eggs and everything I had into transitioning to marketing and that meant like being very poor and working a lot of consulting jobs and not having a consistent check and I did that for three years and it was like living on the skin of my teeth and if I was, it was like a gamble. Can I pay rent this much? Like I used to go on dates just to get dinner. Like I'd be like, all right, I'm hungry. Jen, I'm all about right. to kick you out of the meeting. All right. He said he wants to take me somewhere nice today. Well, <laughs> I'm about to kick you out of the meeting for that one. Well, I those are the of being an assistant. I really think those are just the growing pains of being an assistant because like even now I'm a marketing assistant at UMG, um, University Music Group. But it's nothing when I was assistant for fucking Scott Rudin who's like this big film producer, like horrible. And I was the only black girl in the office and it was great. I was the only one being treated like shit, but it was just horrible. And I had everything I wanted. I was in the industry I wanted to be in. I was making the money I needed to be in. I was in my apartment, and, but I was miserable. I had no life working 6 a.m. to 8 at night on call every weekend. Everybody was quitting. I'm over there trying to prove myself. And he just treated me like shit. Like, he just talks to anyone any old type of way. And it was just like, I literally walked out that office. I remember the day I walked out. I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I cried because I felt like a loser. I felt like I failed myself. No, you put yourself first, and that's what happens. But we get conflicted about money and self-worth, and it's not, it's not equal. It's not the same page. At all. And I don't, wanna, I don't want anyone seeing this to think I'm being shady towards assistance because I'm not. I, I live that life. I live that whole thing. When it comes to being like a personal assistant where you're literally so, at someone's beck and call, I cannot, I can't do that again. I am doing that for my kids right now and I'm miserable. So it's, <laughs> like, I think it's worth it if it's an end game. Like when I was working for him, I asked him because I was the last assistant left and I said to him like, you know, what happens next? He was just like, oh, you'll just be my assistant. And that's when I was like, no, I'm not going to be your assistant. Can I come to sets on movies? You just did a play with Samuel Jackson's wife. Can I come on set? Can I like learn the business? Like, I'm tired of answering your emails and getting you fucking food every day. Like, help me. There's yeah, an like, end game. Help me. Yeah, sometimes I feel like people will build unnecessary mountains for you to climb over just to see you climb over them. That, and then yes. there's, like, nothing there at the end. It's like, I feel um, like college was that mountain. I feel like I, I shouldn't have to go through any hurdles after college. <laughs> like, oh, that. Don't think <laughs> like that. Life is a whole hurdle all the time. Um, and that's the issue I've been dealing with, like, just it was always something and I always have to overcome something like I've been working since I was legit 13 years old non-stop worked all the time through high school through college and I've never got to really enjoy life until now and it's just like I need to get rich by next year because I I'm, I'm I, need, I think it's time for me to retire at this point I'm 65 <laughs> I want my 401k <laughs> I'm ready we're living in like cat years right where it's like you did this <laughs> Wait, like, where's my money, government? I need another stimulus check. Oh, yeah. definitely. Send me my money, please. <laughs> Y'all break me off some of that stimmy, though? Like, come on, what's up? I'll take it. Oh. I, I, I don't care about the economy. I, I don't care at all. <laughs> like, this economy ain't done shit for me. Uh, Seriously. Yeah. Uh, one thing I wanted to address, uh, and I forget who it was that said this, when I was first listening to y'all's podcast, it took me about an episode to figure out who was who. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I said, all right, one of them sounds really New York, whatever that means. Probably me. 
Oh, I ended up classifying that as GG. Um, but wh- wh- whoever said it, what you know about San Andreas? Grand Theft Auto? No, one of y'all mentioned San Andreas the game. Yeah, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. What yeah, oh, mean? I thought what you said Grand What? What you mean? I, that's my game growing up. What? What you know about San Andreas? I was Every like, Hold day. Up First of all, what's the radio station? They play all the 90s, SWV. What? Oh, definitely. I used, to, okay. I used to make my brother do all the missions so that I could just do a free play <laughs> and just play and drive around shoot people because everything's open now. I used to really like scream at him when he fails a mission. I'd be like, what? Are you stupid? It was like one mission when you have to like drive through the hood, like on the train tracks of Compton or something. It was a hard mission. Oh, you gotta and like shoot the people off the train. Yes, 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 yes. And he could, he always failed. And I used to really be like an annoying wife. Like, are you fucking dumb? He was right in front of you. He's like, okay, Gion, I'm gonna do it. You got smoke yelling at you at the back. Okay. Yes. That was my game, man. Oh my god, that's funny. You earned my respect with that shout out. I was like, okay. Oh, that's all we got here. That's all we got here. Uh, okay, got a question for y'all that I, I wanted to hit you with. Uh, one of the episodes y'all talked about being able to, uh, I think it was in the episode, uh, I think it was maybe Dream Dedicated when you had the rappers on. Oh, I love this, this, these receipts. Yeah, oh, oh got to keep the receipts. Yeah. Got to keep the receipts. Uh, first, first of all, the rapper at the end, amazing. Oh, uh, my God, he is. And he's young as hell. Oh, oh really? Yeah, now I'm is. jealous. You got yeah. some Virgo vibes with your receipts going on there. Oh, uh, uh, now I'm a cancer. All right. Yeah. Oh, my God, I knew it. I knew it. I freaking knew it. People always I, was ask me I was stuck between Taurus. I was like, he's similar to me, but not really. So I was stuck between Taurus and cancer. Oh, my God. See, I need to just be a psychic at this point. Hey, do it. <laughs> Let's make this uh, <laughs> but y'all talked about being able to have someone on your uh, team that y'all can have like real conversations with and give advice to. Um, and you said that you and uh, y'all both mesh well because y'all can have those real conversations with each other. Because uh-huh. um, I remember the, uh, the rappers were talking about how they, it took them a while to be able to, they're still friends, but have those tough talks in order to grow. So y'all were a duo. We didn't we're have those problems. Like I feel like Jenny is really good at. I think with me, I'm just I'm always hard on myself, and I'm always quick to say people won't, won't accept me. So it's. I mean, one time I, I apologized to Jenny. We were like texting about something. I was like, I'm sorry if I sound like a bitch. And she's like, Girl, no, you don't. And I'm just like, Oh my god. Like, and in my head, I'm like, Is she lying? But I know Jenny. She would never lie to me. But like, I accept the fact that. She could kind of distinguish between me, like our conversations are never, like we never really butt heads. I don't know okay. if that's a bad or a good thing, but we don't. Yeah, we don't definitely agree on every topic. I wouldn't say yeah. we butt heads, but. We, just, we have a conversation about it. And it's kind of yeah. like, so you have peace, I say my peace. And usually I'll, I'll probably just give in like, okay. Or Jenny would be like, okay, do what you want to do. Like, yeah, but I usually, I usually give in because, <laughs> you know, like, Gian just said, like, before, like, she learns through doing. So, like, I'm like, okay, I'll let her mm-hmm. do it her way, and then we'll come back, you know, and I told you. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's good to – listen, this is not my first time at the rodeo. I've had podcasts before. I've had multiple co-hosts. So I feel like there's things that you want to fight about that just are not worth the – they don't have the positive productivity. Like, they don't have the the – the outcome that you're wishing for so like you have to understand when it's a battle 
worthy of yourself, right? And when it's just a conversation or feedback or whatever. Um, but you do have to surround yourself with people that you can have these honest conversations with yeah. in every relationship in your life. Yeah. Except for maybe your mama. You don't want to have those conversations. Oh, my mama's the exception. My mama yeah. can do whatever she wants. Exactly. Mamas can do whatever the hell they want. No, they can be as wrong as they want. My mama would be dead ass wrong. And I'm like, right. You can't say shit to the person that birthed you out. So, oh. yeah. <laughs> But I definitely, know. I definitely respect Jenny because you know, like I said earlier, we were talking about it before she came in. I said she brought something to the podcast that I didn't have. She has so much insight. You know, she's very intellectual. It's not just my opinion all the time. She has a counter view, but it's like we respect each other, and we both have our things that we're good at. We both have our things that we're not good at, and I feel like we both make up for what we lack. So it's yeah. kind of like you know, I got lucky with her. You know, I didn't have to do like six, you know, co-hosts in to figure out who I wanted. It was just like. She came on as a guest, and I was like, okay, I like her. You know, Harvey was speaking to me. I'm like, yeah, I do like her. I want her to come on, but would she be willing? Because, you know, for me, I'm like, she's making six figures. I don't think she has time. You're like, yeah, sure. <laughs> In the first episode, I was telling them, I'm like, usually I have notes for episodes, and I didn't even have no notes, and we just banged out that episode. Even our um, pro the producer, Josh, was just like, this is it. This is, this is her. This like, is what it is. This is the one you were looking for. Like, this was the blonde date moment. Because you love tequila. Like, come that, on. That was it. <laughs> Very low bar. You met it. Like, and what really sealed cool. the deal is when we finally did go out together to, like, a bar. And it was just like, okay, you turn up, I turn up. Oh, yeah. You both don't give a fuck. Yeah, this is it. This is perfect for me. I'm pretty ratchet when I turn up, too. So I, I, I but love it's amazing. Like, <laughs> she does not care. It's just so much Nothing. fun. Fucks are gone. I'm, I'm too old to give a fuck. I, I will say what I want to say. I will do what I want to do. And we're all going to have a good time. Twerk right. where you want to twerk, like Lizzo. Literally. Listen, I'm... I'm That's like, the last time when you dished me to, to, with your friend. That was a sign. That was a look. What was that look? That was a game No, sign. not her. Her friend, the girl. Okay. Which one? Oh yeah, yeah, that one. Um, <laughs> not shaking to her, but like you just tried to like to help her with the guy she was talking to, and I was just oh, like, I actually really want to make a professional wing service for women. Yeah, she's a good wingman. I just woman. love going into bars and being disruptive and winging. Like I'll be like, oh, okay, let's see, who do you want to talk to? All right, let's do it. Like that, that will be another hustle for me. Like I, it gives me joy to wing for people. Can I this. tell you guys what she did That's for me? Yes. She started an argument with me in a bar just to get this guy to speak up that I that I was kind of already checking out. And then when I then she comes to me, it was just like, but she's talking to him though, right? Okay, yeah. then. I was like, this bitch really got me all roused up about this topic just to get this man to speak. Like, can I say the topic? Is it okay to say what it was? Yeah. Do you want to hire me? Does anybody want to hire me to be there? She, she I came, I forgot how it started, but she just came out of nowhere like, Guys, what you say? Guys from the projects. Don't I said, I said, oh, I said, hood dudes don't eat pussy. Yeah, she said, hood dudes don't eat pussy, right? <laughs> and mind you, we're at a bar, and he's a bunch so of hood dudes behind us, and one of them was just really smooth and cute, but quiet. So all his friends was talking, and she's like, your yeah, hood dudes don't eat pussy. I don't care. I'm like, girl, yes they do. I'm over here sharing my stories, like, yes <laughs> they do. And she goes to him like, do you eat pussy? He's like, honestly, I agree with Shorty right here. Like, it, I was like, oh. That is level A plus and literally, 
Because I would like, be took a her drink and was like, checkmate, and walked off. I was like, this. that's all. That is like, I love to serve, and that's the way I serve by getting people to bump genitals. Like, I and love She got me it. so wound up in the process. I'm like, what are you talking about, Jen? I'm like, you're my whole podcast co host. Oh, you fell right into that trap. You fell right into I sure did. I just cannot believe you. I'm like, we could not be more opposites. I want to start a professional cock blocking service. <laughs> I am the best. I am the best. You can't tell me that I am not. I'm, I'm like the Kobe Bryant cock blocking. I'll tell you That's that. That's the reason a cock block, though. I need to hear how you cock block. Like, what's going on? Oh, there was this one time, uh, uh, one of my friends was connecting with a woman at the bar, and I was very drunk. And I was like, uh, you know what would be funny if I walked up? And I was like, yo, dude, like, what are you doing? Uh, Sarah said you're not answering texts. What if she needs something for the baby? <laughs> I thought that would be hilarious. But I was so drunk, I, I just walked up and puked on the bar. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Checkmate. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. No, it's not. That would be epic, actually. <laughs> I was gonna say that too. No, yeah, that really would be epic. Um, that would be so, a great search. You would, you would make money doing that. I'm saying. Uh, so I have so, friends and colleagues that are like, I haven't gotten laid in a year, and I'm like, let's hang out. Let's go. Let's go to the bar. And, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is the look we were talking about a few minutes ago. Oh, that one. I have a hundred percent success rate. Every person that's like, I need to get laid. I'm like, really? Let's head out. Okay. You, you should start the business. My business model though. This, this virus is disrupting my business model for being a professional wing woman. Yeah. And I might start up a service. I'm a professional. <laughs> huh? I'm a professional tenderer. I'm trying to start a second. Oh, you can do the text for other people. You'd be like, I'll yeah, write I can. If you need yeah. someone to handle text message, text message relations, that's me. There you go. Kitten fishing. You need take body pictures. I got you. I don't send oh, there you go. I send other people's nudes. <laughs> Dion, you know what your skill is, so stop it. What's, what's, what, what? We're going to call Dion in when it's time for a phone sex. Oh, oh yeah. see, that's a specialist. Oh, okay. oh my God. I am good at that. I am. I can admit, I'm very good at phone sex. Yeah. Look, we, we already got the agency. business. <laughs> we have a whole agency here. Someone that's true. Can line it up, the texting, and then we have. We have Andy in case it goes wrong. Like we, need to, we need to abort the mission. Yeah. We need to, we need to yeah. get rid of a guy, hit up Drew. <laughs> yeah, Drew. There we go. I like what we have here. Uh, question, because our listeners may need to know this. What should they do if they are getting married and their bridesmaid admits that they are in love with them? Oh, what should they do? I don't think you're talking to me, so I'm gonna just shut up. <laughs> I I did. Well, first of all, I will never plan a wedding or help anyone plan a wedding again in this lifetime or the you're not next. Not help my wedding. Wow. Okay, that's great. Girl, I will be on the side. To you're gonna be a bridesmaid. Thank you, thank you. But I will be encouraging you to get a nice black wedding planner because it is so much stress. <laughs> and before my wedding, I've only been to like maybe two or three weddings. So I had no concept of weddings. I had no concept of etiquette, protocol. We had we had people like we would send invitations to and it'd be like plus one and they'd send send it back plus seven. And oh, it's no. like <laughs> no, I'm not paying for their food. Yeah, yeah. It it was a crazy ass period of like a year and a half period of my life. Like 
I had to fire a bridesmaid, not the one that hit on me, but I fired another one for being stank for no reason. Um, and it was just, I don't know, it was way too much stress. It almost took away from the joy of the moment. I don't recommend anybody to plan their own wedding. That was definitely a learning lesson. Um, I'm no longer friends with this person. It was very hard. Um, yeah, they like you. Yeah, but you know. How did the it, conversation go? Like, did they pull you aside, like, during the wedding or, like? We would always joke around that we would end up together. Like, we knew each other since high school, right? And we always had this, like, flirty type of banter, you know? And we were in some weirdly sexual situations in the past. Um, but we've never, like, dated, you know? Like, she knew that she went both ways, that I was explorative and open, and uh, but we've never personally like were an item so we always our friendship remained intact you know and she's one of my she was one of my older friends so when it was time for me to get married i'm like look i want my girls you know but then like at the bachelor party got so weird like we were on the dance floor and you know you dance with your girls there's nothing like there's no there's no look right but then like we're dancing and i'm getting a look and i'm like holy shit what do i do like <laughs> is this happening like and she's like you don't want to get married you know you want to end up with me this is what you're supposed to do and i'm like i think she's just drunk or whatever but she was dating this girl that's a friend of mine as well so i'm like y'all do your thing like i have two of you guys that are my friends dating so i don't want no parts of it and um and the other girl that she was dating that I've known since second grade was like, yo, she's in love with you. Like, I don't want to get in between that. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I, I don't know what to do. So I kind of just ignored it. But it Which is what you should room. do with all problems. Oh, my bachelorette <laughs> party. <laughs> I literally made sure that I was trapped in another room because like she was plotting to get me back into the hotel room. So I'm like, I got to, you know. I, I just locked myself in another room because we had a whole bunch of hotel rooms and we were in Atlantic City. So cut to the wedding day. Everything goes off. Really messy, but other people can't tell. So fine, whatever. We have a good wedding day. My uncle's selling drugs at the wedding, so everyone's high, right? Um, <clears throat> oh, that is a good place to sell. Oh, he was crazy. He was <laughs> my coworkers were high. They're like, oh my God, your uncle has the best weed. I'm like, my coworker, Uncle Joe. I want edible. I want edible food and edible wedding cake at my wedding. And that's what is it? Um, what do they call it? Cannabis butter. You know, that's the nice word for it. Cannabis butter. Um, yeah. So at the end of the night, where I'm just drunk, I'm hungry because you don't eat at your wedding. Like who does that? Um, <clears throat> so I had an open bar and I was just taking tequila shot. Tequila shot. We ended up outside. We're both shoeless. I'm in a whole wedding gown, and she just starts bawling. She's just like, I love you so much. It should have been me walking down that aisle with you. Uh, like, I respect the honesty. Oh, the I just got married because that's like. Oh. When else are you going to say it? Like, if you're feeling it, if it's on your heart, you got to um, say before, it. Before, like the bachelor party the night of, because I'm pretty sure she, Jim was drunk at the bachelor party. I, I say during. During <laughs> every movie, every movie has that moment. If anybody objects, she should have stood up. That would have won your heart. Exactly. If I if I know Hollywood, world, that would have got you. <laughs> that actually I love you, Jen. I love you. <laughs> would you take you. me to me? <laughs> that would have been pretty epic. 
<laughs> would you I have said yes though? No. How would you have said no? Like, I'm sorry, I can't. <laughs> it was just in well, another you... world, in another life. I don't know. <laughs> and then maybe ten years ago. I would have done it. Like, we really world. loved each other. Like it was in genuine love, like really, you know. But I'm I mean is your husband open to like Polly? Like, no, I mean, this is a new a millennium. Bit. Like, no. <laughs> I, I'm warning any girl out there in the future that I am really in love with. If if it goes down and I am really, really in love with you, and I'm telling you, and you're about to get married and you haven't given me the hell no, because you haven't given her the hell no yet, right? You had just yeah, been I like, I gave her the hell no on my wedding day. Like, come on, are you crazy? But but had you given her the no, it's not happening yet, right? Have because you? It was never like a conversation. Like, I, you know, I got married very fast. Like I told you, my life happened overnight. So like, she had a long window to be like, hey, I love you, and it's like, you know what? Do you love me or do you just love me because I'm not available anymore? I mean, that's part of life, though. Yeah. Hey, let me tell you something. If it's me. In the future, there's a girl I'm, I, I'm I'm really in love with, and I haven't gotten the hell no, it's not happening at her wedding. I'll do it. I'll be the guy. I'll be, I will stand up and be like, you might as well. Like what? Can what you just the do word? that for a girl that you went on one date with? Because I just need to see this happen in this life. <laughs> <laughs> what the worst is gonna happen? Like, you're one of it's it's romantic at some a little bit, a little bit. You just did it. First of all, it's gonna work out because. I'm gonna be in the background wingman. I'll, I'll turn the lights down like romantic. I'll, I'll yeah. hit the DJ. It'll be like good music, and he'll he'll have his like '80s romantic comedy moment. It's gonna work out for him, hundred percent. And if worst case scenario, I get to tell my kids about it. One thing y'all do preach is gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. As a matter of fact, mm -hmm. Jen, you got a book about it. But I remember in uh, the Dream episode, as a matter of fact. Oh, no, not the dream episode. Y'all had uh, an episode about gratitude uh, in y'all's last episode. Um, mm -hmm. Y'all had an episode about gratitude. Why is gratitude so important to y'all? I think Jenny can speak more to that. Yeah, it's a big thing of mine because I don't think I even knew or understood fully what gratitude was until like three years ago. And... A lot of people don't understand what gratitude is. So I got tapped to be a part of this like gratitude mission where we document gratitude and we write about it in a book. And I was like, but I was like, you know what? I'm not, I'm going to admit my heart was in the place of, I always wanted to be an author. So I'm going to take this challenge. And the first time I got asked to do that book, I failed so hard. Like I just couldn't do it. I couldn't muster up the energy to like write my gratitude every day. So when it was time to submit my chapter, it was like, pass me, pass me, please. And then he did another one. And he was like, listen, do you want to do this seriously? And I was like, yeah, you know, I felt really bad that I let myself down, not doing it the first time. So I really took it seriously. And it ended up taking almost two years to document my gratitude. And I'm so glad that I did it. And I'm not, I'm still not like, I'm not in like deep prop, you know, Chopra, like I'm not there yet, but it's like, we, we're not taught what gratitude is from an early age. We're just taught, be grateful that you got those new shoes and you got this NES and oh, that made me myself. Sorry. But, um, we're just taught to be grateful for things and the nice things that people do for us, but having gratitude and expressing gratitude is far more deeper than saying thank you. It is a spiritual and physical journey to have 
uh, unwavering gratitude. Like just because I have gratitude doesn't mean that I don't have challenges or hurdles. I, I face them every day, but I can face them with the mindset that says, well, I still have a lot more to be thankful for. And there's something here for me to learn or approve from. And, you know, I can still come out of this on the other side better. Like, Gian, you mentioned you feel like every day is like a battle, like you're always on the fight, you know, to fight, to, to, to make it to where you got to be. But that's, that's life. The roads are bumpy. It's mm -hmm. not a smooth ride. If you're not privileged, it's not a smooth ride. We have to fight for our place at our, in our seat at the table. Mm -hmm. Having gratitude is understanding that you do not have to be grateful for where you are if you're here, but appreciating the ride to when you get yeah. here, you know, and the, all of the little lessons in between. So it is a big platform for me um, only because it was the only way that I was able to like heal a lot of my mental health issues and a lot of that self-love that I was lacking um, and patience for myself. I was able to heal that through gratitude, um, but you may heal that through other means. But I do think it's something that our community, that younger communities, really need to look at more closely. Because we're taught the bump, bump, bump world, get and give and get and get and whatever. We're not really taught to take a moment to have peace and be thankful and what that means to us and how we express it. I didn't say that, Jenny, you probably um, disagree or agree with this, but I think also with gratitude, something I'm learning now is to... And actually, no, you are, you are going to agree with this because it's something you told me, but I keep hearing it all the time for me to like, um, I don't want to say this. I don't, I guess it's the wrong word to say, but like sink in my blessings or like live in my blessings right now. Yes. I don't, I'm not good with congratulations. Like, even though I'm making moves and doing what I have to do, when people say congratulations to me, it feels weird. Like, even when you guys were saying, you know, you both are accomplished, I'm saying, like, I'm accomplished. Like, I literally made a face, was like, I'm accomplished. Like, I'm still out here trying to get to where I need to be. But, like, I have to have, like, people like Jenny on my circle to sit here and say, literally sit here and listen to me, like, Gian, this is where you were last year. Like, you were in a dark place last year. You know, in the year of your darkness, you started your podcast. You know, in the year of your darkness, you you did this down the third and look where you at now. Like, I don't see that growth sometimes because I'm always focused on the future. You know, because I'm not living in a condo right now, you know, I'm still in a brownstone, it's cute, but I'm not in a condo right now. I'm not appreciating where I'm at right now. So I think that's where gratitude comes in, you know, for the people who's listening, just appreciating how far you can, you've come, you know, you know, sit in those blessings and just appreciate it and be happy. Allow yourself to say, you know what? I did that. The little things matter. And that's something I'm learning. And I think when you change your mindset to think like that and not always have to think, oh, it's not enough. It really does wonders for how you can proceed with your day. Because if you're someone like me, a Jen who have so much going on and just be appreciative that your plate is full. A lot of us sit here and ask, like, and, and ask for a plate. You know, we ask, we want to sit at the table, we want to eat. And when you finally get your full course meal, you're complaining about it. Be appreciative of all the things that you're doing. So, yeah. That's true. I would listen to a speech from you guys if I could. <laughs> I would hire you to come to a middle school auditorium. <laughs> <laughs> Please, Which is Jenny, what I'll let Jenny speak and I'll sit there with champagne like she's right. I agree. You have to do it, baby. <laughs> I speak at my son's school all the time. <laughs> well, that is that is wonderful because we have this part of the podcast and y'all both have mics in your hand, but we have our guests give a motivational speech. 
Oh, right now? Yeah, we yeah, have them give a motivational it. speech. He wasn't, that wasn't just... <laughs> Oh, no. You, see, you jumped ahead of the gun. You were giving the speech backstage. Uh, but we have them. Y'all are a duo. We want y'all to do like a duo motivational speech. Act oh. like you're talking to your younger self. Oh, uh, we so put some... You guys put some uh, music behind it, and uh, <laughs> it'll be a motivational speech. Damn. Uh, Jenny, you know you got to go first. <laughs> no, don't do that to me. I had a whole glass of Casamiga. <laughs> okay. I'm talking to young Gian. How old? I need to, can you just give me an age so I can be specific? Because young Gian. Where would you benefit the most? Like, what, what point would you benefit the most? Me last year too, but it's some other years. Um, Look, okay, it's, it's teenage, it's 22, you know it's 25, it's whenever you need it. You know what? 18 year old Gian, that college transition. Yes, let's, let's do that. Is the music gonna play now? This is like in post. Oh no, this is in post. Oh, okay. I thought I had to get my voice on. Damn, this is hard because I've been drinking. It's not gonna sound right. Okay, and scene. The middle schoolers are listening to you right now. <laughs> Keep it drinking. Hey, scene. Hey, Gian. You're 18. You're going away to college. Those people don't matter. You know, you're trying to fight for everyone. You're trying to be there for everyone. You can't do it by yourself. The only thing you need to worry about is you. You've made it thus far helping a lot of people and carrying a lot of weight on your back. And that was enough. Now that you're transitioning to college, you're leaving home, you're going to Atlanta, Georgia. It's about you right now. So when you go down there, you know, have your fun, but stay grounded and study. I'm coming out of character because when I went to Atlanta, I was wilding out, but back in character. As you should. You know, experience life, but stay grounded. Remember why you're down there and the, pur the purpose that you're down there for. Oh my and the main thing is just worry about yourself. You know, you can't fix everyone. You can't help everyone. You can't fight for everyone. Everyone needs to fight their own battles. You need to fight your own battles. You can't fight everyone's battles on your own. Worry about yourself and you'll get there. And see. Amen. This. <laughs> this is a ode to young Jenny. Young sister. <laughs> Do not wax those eyebrows so thin. That trend will not last forever. <laughs> Let go of all of that anger in your hearts. I know you feel like the world's unfair and you're not where you want to be, but give yourself permission to hope and give yourself permission to fail because you're going to be all right. And you're, gonna, you're going to beat the odds and you're going to achieve your abundance but those fails were necessary to do so so take it easy on yourself don't join any dating apps okay and just keep doing what you're doing amen we're not gonna, we're not gonna disparage dating apps on this podcast i hate dating apps and i am a big anti-dating app advocate so uh -huh. I mean, COVID is ruining all of those plans for me. So <laughs> I, I I told you I met the Lakeep lookalike, Lakeep Stanford lookalike on that dating app, and that ain't go so well. So how, wait, how many successes have you had in your dating apps, McNeil? Uh, I should not talk about those numbers because that is no longer something that I do because I am no longer. Uh, 
I am in healthy relationships now, and I no longer play games. Like healthy that. relationship. Yeah. And Drew. What about <laughs> sorry, you? sorry. What about you? Me? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm talking to a few people, but like you said, the 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 pandemic, like you know what? It's been a few weeks, so I'm good. I'm good. Are you being creative during the pandemic? Are you sending them baskets of wine at their houses just because you can't be there? I'm not spending money on anybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and there's that. All right. That's wow. my man, my dating apps. Like a meat market. I am okay. cracking up. That's actually. So, I am a coffee dater. I will buy you a cup of coffee for the first date. That's what I'll do. I'm not. I'm not out here spending money on people. Sorry. One thing we want to do is uh, give y'all the opportunity to talk about what y'all have going on, like uh, uh, talk about the podcast, talk about uh, any other projects you're working on, or if you're just chilling, that's cool too during COVID. That's perfect. We were, we were chilling, but thanks to Jenny getting in my ass, like, bitch, we need content. This is the time. You know, we're recording an episode next week about we have a, um, a former NFL player for the Jaguars, I mean, Jeremiah Brown. He used to, I used to go to high school with him, but he's also the CEO and founder of the Lead Athletics, which is this amazing athletic program for kids and football. You know, he loves the youth. Um, they actually just won, I don't know the details, but they actually just won money from a contest. But long story short, he's coming on to talk about, you know, how to stay active during quarantine, because I know everyone's like, I'm eating, I'm getting fat. So I'm like, this is perfect. Me. Uh, and so me, <laughs> me, this me, I'm eating, I can't stop drinking, I'm horrible. Um, May is also Mental Health Awareness Month, and we're going to be making sure that we do an episode that focuses on mental health in the communities of color, because it's not something that, um, you know, mm -hmm. up until maybe this last two or three years was a serious conversation. Um, and so we have a really cool guest lined up to talk about that. We really want to raise awareness, especially now when you would think that uh, a global pause, which is kind of what we've all been praying for our whole lives, right? Um, where we don't have to go to work and we don't have to go to school and we can be in our pajamas and eat Doritos all day. When we have this happening, it's still a huge mental health um, crisis that's happening. People are still like, you know, are even more depressed. They're even more unhappy. Um, they're facing themselves for the first time. They're addressing their issues for the first time because they have nowhere else to escape to um you know there's an uptake in substance abuse and alcoholism as i drink my tequila um so yeah. we want to make sure that we address the whole body mind and spirit and so we're looking forward to having physical fitness and then mental fitness to wrap up for the month of may yeah full body togetherness okay full so y'all y'all taking care of the physical and mental aspect of your mm -hmm. fans okay i like it yeah we, i like we, it I, one thing I love about this platform is that, like, we're not preaching. Uh, maybe I sound a little preachy sometimes, but each episode is helping me grow and learn. And the guests that we bring on really provide new perspectives. And they're giving us as much information as they're giving you. So we're all in this together. We're all learning and growing together. Sorry, yes. not sorry about that. We're serious <laughs> about the guests we bring on. We don't just bring on anybody. They have to at least align with our brand or be at least an expert what we talk about because... I don't know about you, Jen, people in your DMs about, oh, I'm going to come on your podcast. What do you do? Well, you guys too. People be like, I'm going to come on your podcast. I'm just, I don't just take on anybody. I don't care if you have a mixtape. I don't care. Yeah, so we did our homework too, and we have receipts on you. Okay. So I'm glad that you guys slid into our DMs. I'm very grateful for that. 
Um, but you know, we are, we do follow you. I do listen to your podcast as well. I love comedy, as you know, I love the, the lens of growing from your mistakes or looking back at your past with humor and insight. So I'm really grateful that you guys invited us on today. Thank you. Appreciate yeah, you it. Dope. You guys are dope. All right. Well, yeah, thank you for, thank you for coming on. We appreciate y'all and, uh, hope you enjoy. Go ahead. I just need us to, um, to really like prototype this whole like dating agency in real life once outside opens again. Yes. <laughs> and, oh, like, text message people... extraordinaire. Yeah, we could. Are you good with text messages? Oh, def, definitely. Oh, okay. So boom, we got text messages. I'm on the phone. I can give you phone sex and, and pictures. We got the cock blocker and we got the wing the wing woman. There we go. Oh, and yeah. honestly, even if we're in different states or cities or whatever, we need to do like this Ocean Eleven type like intro <laughs> where it's like <laughs> Oh. The wing oh, woman. I, I honestly see Austin like that, Powers. Yeah. The nanny, nanny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the exit strategy. <laughs> I like this idea. We should definitely make it happen. Even if it's a, a, a joke, we should definitely do it. No, I'm getting LLC L- tomorrow. This okay, do it. Happening. Do it. Um, yeah. All right. Well, y'all enjoy yourselves. I hope quarantine goes amazing. I hope that uh, quarantine doesn't break up any relationship that y'all are currently going through. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we'll be in touch. Thank you, guys. Okay, Happy quarantine. <laughs> and drink tequila. Yes. We're tequila pros. Except right? for Andrew. Why? He don't drink no more? Mm-mm. I'm proud of you, bro. <laughs> oh, I, I, I got enough drinking in for like three three separate grown men. So <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Well, uh, I do have a slogan for you if you would like it. Yes. I try to give our guests slogans. So this is what I'm coming up with. Off the top, just randomly, just I'm not stopping. And bars. Uh, 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 bettering yourselves, tequila and the party. Everyone go check out Sorry Not Sorry. Oh! Oh! oh. oh that was fire. I oh, like it. He got bars. <laughs> okay. We're going to make a t shirt and send it to you. <laughs> I'll pack it up. All right. Thank you guys. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the podcast all the way through. If you've enjoyed this, please like and subscribe or just let us know what we can do to improve your listening experience. Thank you, little mistakers.